morning. We're going to sing an old hymn of the church. Uh, this song simply just says, Heaven's Jubilee on that happy morning when we all shall rise. How many is ready to go to heaven one day? Let's worship the Lord together this morning.
that morning we shall see Jesus in the air. Oh, he's coming after you and me. Joy is ours to share. What rejoicing there will be when the saints shall rise. We're heading for that jubilee. Psalms 30. I'm going to read you a few scriptures. 
David talking, he says, I cried to thee, O Lord. To the Lord I made supplications. He said, what profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. I'm going to give you an opportunity, church, to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Let us all pray. Our Father, again, we're just thankful, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Thankful, Lord, that we can come to the house of God. We lifted up hands, lifted up hearts, giving you praise, honor, and glory. But Lord, you're worthy of it all. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do thank and all you you're going to do within this body of Christ. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you continue to bless, continue, Lord, to do your work. Father, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and honor and the glory. Have your way, Lord. Touch your heart, touch your life. And Lord, we'll be careful to thank you for all that you do. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Let's remain standing this morning. Let's declare the holiness of the Lord today.
commit to you right now our hearts, our lives, and surrender this moment of worship. God, we surrender by saying yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. That is our prayer today. Whatever you ask of us today, Lord, we'll say yes today.
rest of the Lord today. We can say to the Lord, you are holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall
Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. We have a special treat for you this morning. Brother Randy and Sister Carol have had a friend of theirs from, used to go to church with them in Dalton, Georgia, that has been with them this week. And uh, she sang uh, many years at their church, and Miss Carol played for her. Uh, I tried to get out of it, let Miss Carol play, but she pulled rank because she's my boss. She told me I had to play anyway. So uh, I'm here. So even though my name might be on the side, Miss Carol was the one telling me what I should probably get done. So I remember. But uh, <clears throat> Sister Angie is going to sing a song. Many of you probably have heard this song before. Uh, it's on the radio. It just says, I would just want to speak the name of Jesus over every situation, over everything. Just speak the name of Jesus. Does anybody believe there's still power in the name of Jesus? Amen. I mean, Jesus changes everything. And uh, so we're going to let her uh, bless us this morning. So can we just give her a Santee Circle uh, welcome today from Dalton, Georgia today. And she brings a song of worship today.
Oh, do you believe there's power in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Would you just stand all over the house just for a moment? I, I shared with you last week the word Selah was literally like a moment of reflection or a praise break for David to reflect on what God had done. Can we just take 30 seconds, however you feel comfortable? You can lift your hands. You can pray. You can sit there and shout. But can you just talk to the Lord for a second? Could you just maybe spend a minute with the Lord? Just tell him how great he is. Just love on him for a minute. Just take a moment. He is still in control. He's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which our minds can think and comprehend. Oh, Father, we worship you today. Hallelujah. Your name is great. Hallelujah. It's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. For your name is power. Your name brings healing. Your name is life. Oh, do you believe that today? Oh, you break every stronghold. You'll shine through the darkness. You'll burn like a fire. Ha. Oh, can you say that to the Lord? Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Oh, do you believe there's still power in the name? Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. You believe that Jesus is still the answer? About two people believe that. Let me ask that one more time. Anybody believe Jesus is still the answer? <laughs> well... Well, I don't know what to do. That's a good problem, though. That's a good problem. Are we still in G, Miss Carol? You know, it's through it all. It's through it all. And I've learned to trust in Jesus. <laughs> I've learned to trust in God. <laughs> Oh, it's through it all. Oh, it's through it all. I've learned to depend upon it. Oh, it's through it all. Today we sing through it all. Oh, it's through it all. Through it all. Trust in Jesus. know what's going on around our campus. Keep playing, guys. Just softly there for me. We got a lot of people called me this morning and said they couldn't come for various reasons. I got to church this morning. I was already getting everything together. Sherry walked in this morning. You got to remember, I go every Thursday, religiously. And if I can't go on Thursday, I go on Tuesday, depending on how the schedule works out that week to see Sister Faye Hub. Been doing it for, oh, I don't know, over a year, I guess now, because she's been there for a while. Every time I walk in there, first thing is, hey, Jonathan, or hey, Pastor, she wants to know about church. Every time, first question, well, how's church? How's things at church? I walked in this past Thursday. She looked at Miss Sherry, but she was kind of looking through Miss Sherry. You could tell she kind of recognized her. 
Then she looked at me and she goes, now I've been doing this for a year. She goes, who are you? She completely just didn't even know who I was. No, we had to wear all these shields and masks. I mean, so, you know, we do all look different going in there. We tried to talk to her. She wouldn't talk. She just stared through me, stared through us. Yesterday afternoon, Sherry has a younger sister, Erin. Erin got a call yesterday afternoon from the hospice and social workers. Basically said, your mom's deteriorating at a really rapid pace right now. We can't tell you if it's minutes, moments, days, out. All we can tell you is she's really turning significantly to the worst. Arms are drawing in. Doesn't even know who we are. Not want to eat. She loves every every Thursday. Uh, we either take her just to share. Either has her Kentucky Fried Chicken or Captain D's. But normally it's Kentucky Fried Chicken because on Wednesday she gets Captain D's. That's her treats. She has all these cookie jars, candy jars, all this stuff. We bring her stuff. We brought Captain. I mean, we brought uh, KFC on Thursday. She didn't want to touch it. It's her favorite thing. She loves the coleslaw. She loves Lizzie. Wouldn't even eat. She's just there, but she's just not the same person. Now, I didn't know how the services were going to go today. I, I knew that I'd asked Miss Angie to sing. I didn't know what she was going to sing. Originally, she told me it, uh, when I talked to her on Wednesday night a little bit about the uh, praying about it. She told me she was going to sing off a soundtrack or Miss Carol's going to play. I, I was going to take Sunday off and be like, thank the Lord. That didn't work out so well, as you can see. Even when I don't even know them, they make me still work. That's not even fair. I don't know how that works. She began to, I didn't know until Miss Carol asked me yesterday about the music, or Friday and Saturday, about a song. I had heard that song, I Speak the Name of Jesus, and I began to think about those words. And I didn't know Sister Sherry was going to tell me the bombshell that I got told this morning. But you know, we sang it, you know, there's, your name brings healing, your name brings power. I can't fix anything, but God can. Amen. Now, should God decide to heal her on this side of heaven, we thank Him, and if should... We know she's ready. Should God take her on to glory? We know. I won't have to stand up here and try to come up with something nice to say about I hope she made it. I'll know she made it. That won't be the hard part. The hard part would be the emptiness she leaves behind, not the fact that I didn't know where she's at. I know where she's going. But as they were singing that song, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I began to think about this song. I was sitting there thinking, like, gosh, I don't even know if I can do it in the key of G. But I was just thinking about it. Here's what dawned on my head. Now, I sang the good part of this song. Through it all, through it all, I've learned. You really like that part. Everybody's like, "Woo, thank you, Jesus. Woo, I made it through it all. Glory. We get Pentecostal and want us to use snot rags and run around on that one. Woo, we've been through it all. Blubber and snot everywhere. But what have you been through is the question. It's great to say, oh, I've been through it all, Pastor. I've been through it all. I've been, I've been through a bad marriage. I've been through a bad situation. I got bad children. I got, I got a text message just a few minutes ago sitting in the piano. I said, Pastor, please pray for all these kids out here. We need it. There's obviously a lot of kids out there. I don't know what's going on, but they're praying for God out there. They need God out there right now. I don't know if it's because they want them to know more about God or they want patience. But one of the two they're asking for out there today. It's great to sing through it all, but what have you been through to be able to say, I've been through it all? For some people, it says things like this. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. 
But in it, not in some situations. Not just when I felt like it. Not just occasionally when I didn't know it. No. But in every situation. See, the thing about it is God never fails. Hello? I must have went to, an, uh, to a nominal church. We must not be Pentecostal anymore. I must have went to a silent church today. Apparently, I pastor the wrong people today. The Word says on the screen, and the Word of God validates it, that God never fails. Amen. Ever. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials... See, it didn't come just because God was cruel. It didn't come because God was heartless. It didn't come because God wanted just to ruin your life and make you miserable. No. It came to make me strong. Then we talk about, oh, well, I've been through it all. I've been through it all. Yeah. I've been to a lot of places. I've met a lot of people. Seen a lot of faces. But even being in lots of places, going to church every Sunday, going to work every Monday through Friday, having a big family at family reunions, even though I know a lot of people and got 500 people of friends on Facebook and 1,000 followers on Instagram, and I got 1 million views on my new TikTok video, there's still times I feel all alone. I can have 1 million followers follow me. I can have 500 people wish me happy birthday. I can have 150 people try to tell me how great I am. But there are sometimes I'm sitting at home and I just feel like I'm all alone. Because the devil makes me feel like I'm all alone. At times I felt all alone. But when I was lonely, I really wasn't lonely after all. Because in my lonely hours, those precious lonely hours, Jesus showed up. Aren't you thankful when nobody else can get to you, Jesus can? Whether you're in a COVID ward of a hospital or you're in a nursing home, they won't let you in. I can't get there, but Jesus can. He let me know I was one of his own. Then you can sing it again. Woo, thank you, Lord. I've been through it all. Thank you, Jesus. Here's probably my favorite verse of all times. Lord, I thank you for my mountains. But God, I can't just thank you for mountains. Sometimes, even though it's, I hate valleys, even though I hate trials, even though I hate tribulation, even though I hate going through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because, God, you're there with me. I can thank you from the mountaintops, but, Lord, I thank you for the valleys. Amen. I thank you for storms. Nobody likes a storm. In South Carolina, people don't even know how to drive in a good thunderstorm. Hello, preacher. writer said, but God, I even thank you for the storms you brought me through. That's kind of a really, really weird line to bring up. Lord, I thank you for the storms you brought me through. Why? Because if I never had had them. Listen to what he said. God, I thank you for mountains, but you know what? It's easy to trust God in the mountains because everything's great. Got a lot of money in the bank. Marriage is great. Children are great. We got 500 people at church on Sunday. Everything's great. Woo, thank you, Jesus. It's when I'm in the valley that I'm not so sure where my faith Amen. in Jesus is at. And I don't like storms. The disciples were tossing and toiling on the seas. They're like, Jesus, we're going to drown. He said, listen, guys, I was trying to take a nap. Y'all got to bother me right now? And he gets up and he calms the winds and the waves and they cease. But here's what the writer said. He said, but if I never had had those problems. Sister Beulah, if I never had COVID, I wouldn't know he's a healer. Hello? Sister Barnes, if I never had had a back problem, I wouldn't know God could heal. If I never had seen God, if I never had the problem, I didn't know God could solve them. I wouldn't know He could do it. And if He could, if I didn't have those problems, and if I would never find it, I would never know what faith in God could actually do. 
If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and say, be removed from here to over yonder. Boy, what would it be like if people just had enough faith the size of the smallest seed there is called a mustard? If we had enough faith to speak to our mountains and say, be removed from here to yonder, because I thank you for the mountains, but God, I also thank you for the valleys and the storms you brought me through. For if I never walked through a problem, if I never experienced heartache, if I never experienced disappointment, I would know, God, you could solve them. That brings it a lot differently now when you start singing, I've been through it all. I've been through it all. But I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. I've been through it all. Oh, we've been through it all. I've learned. makes it a lot different when you can sing it after you read those three verses to understand what you've actually been through. It's easy to say I've been through it all, but some people don't even know what through it all means because they ain't been through enough to know what all of it even entails. They're those hypochondriacs. They just, you got a cough, they got a worse cough. You got the sniffles, they got pneumonia. You got pneumonia, the doctor gave them two days to live. You know how those people are? Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. But some of us in this room have been through it all. Some of us have been through divorces. Some of us have been through bad marriages. Some of us have lost the the death of a spouse. Some of us have lost the death of children or or son-in-laws and other family members. Some of us have lost parents. Some of us have lost uh, 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 loved ones that were dear to us. Some of us have been through church hurt. Some of us have been through some bad stuff. But God brought us through it all. Because you're here this morning, so God brought you through it all. maybe see it for a moment in the presence of the Lord I don't know what we're going to do but you can just sit down because there's no point in you standing up and be miserable with me I don't know what we're going to do well I'm like the psalmist David though the psalmist David said it like this I was glad when they said unto me I guess nobody read their Bible today but that's okay I can just read it by myself I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house I guess we were going to go to Waffle House. That's where we're headed, are we? Psalmist David said, Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, Let's go to Waffle House. Is that what it said? No. I was glad when they said unto me, Let me go to the International House of Pancakes. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to Mi Casa Su Casa. That's Spanish for all you folks in here. My house, your house. No, that's not what it said. It said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to in case you didn't know, guess where you are today? So somebody ought to be glad today because you're in the house of the Lord. I told you last week that Selah was kind of like a reflective or a contemplative moment when the writers of the Psalms would write Selah or Selah. They would say that as a moment of reflection. It was almost like a little praise break. So I, I asked you to, for a few minutes ago to just take a moment to worship the Lord, but but if we were really scriptural, I do believe you can't be more spiritual than you are scriptural. Hello? There's a lot of people that can be emotional. That don't mean they got God. They just got emotions. Emotions does not always mean Jesus is there. Hello? 5,000 people thronged Jesus, but one woman touched the hem of his garment and got healed. There was a large crowd, but only one person got something from him that day. Just because there's a crowd doesn't mean Jesus is present with everybody. Hello? Well... 
Psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Well, we know where Sister Faye's at today. And we know where other folks are not here for various reasons today. But last time I checked, the, the constituency that sits before me in the moment, uh, um, you're in God's house. So if we're scriptural today, you should be glad that you're in God's house because you could be on a bed battling COVID. You could be on a ventilator. I just lost another pastor friend this week due to battling COVID. Uh, been in the hospital like some 47 days or something like that. Got another friend whose mom's in the hospital right now battling it right now. But I can tell you one thing. You could be there, but you're not today. Now, I don't know if you'll go there tomorrow, but you didn't go there today. So you got one more day to tell God thank you. I, some of you may not live to see tomorrow. I don't know, but you're here today. So that means God gave you one more day to be with Him. The old song says, I got one more river to cross, one more mountain to climb, one more valley that I got to go through, leaving my troubles behind. One more battle with the devil, and I'll know He'll understand that no matter what happens, I'm going through with Jesus. Hallelujah. Whether it's on this side of heaven or it's on the other side of heaven, I'm going through with Jesus. Hallelujah. Holding on to His nail scarred hand. We're going to go somewhere with Jesus. He never fails. Well, so I'm glad to be in God's house today. Now, I know what time it is. It's 11.50. I know. I know all of you have dinner reservations at Gilligan's at 12. I know. And you know how much I normally care about that. It breaks my heart that you're not out at 12 to go eat and beat the Baptist folks to dinner. Bless his heart. That's a southern term to, to basically say anything you want to say to them and get away with it. You know that I learned a long time ago. Bless his heart. You bless your heart or bless their heart. That is a way you could say the meanest things to people and you can make it sound better with that. That is the ugliest baby I ever seen. Bless his heart. It's like it didn't. You didn't even say what you just said. It's like a forgiveness card. That is the ugliest card. That is the dumbest decision they could have made. Bless her heart. I mean, it's like you just it just eradicates it. So I know today, time, parents, please don't forget to go sign your children out after church today. I'm not taking them home with me. Uh, they will be like uh, what they did to Samuel. Samuel got to stay in the house of the Lord and live in God's house. I will leave your children here. You can pick them back up tonight or tomorrow I'll come by and feed them. They can live in God's house and take care of the things of the Lord, but they're not going home with me to my house. God bless you. That's just a public service announcement. Don't forget, those watching online, you can always stream us, SantiCircleCOG.org, to find out information. You can also subscribe to our podcast at Google, as well as uh, Apple uh, iTunes at SantiCircleCOG. You can always download our church app. Type in literally in the, download the app called Our Church. Type in SantiCircleCOG. Always there's multiple ways to give to the body of Christ. We're starting a new series called Scared Tactics. Can I tell you right now, the devil is doing everything he can to instill fear into the body of Christ. He don't want you to come to church because he wants you to be scared to go to church. Hello, preacher. Also, on October 30th, we're going to have our family fest and stuff for all of our children. And uh, please sign up for that. There's a sign-up sheet in the back to donate stuff, bring stuff, volunteer, see Sister Jeannie uh, Godin or, or myself or... Just sign up and sign other people up that you don't even know if you think they'll work. Just sign them up and then tell them you signed them up and uh, then they feel obligated to help. But uh, I want to read one verse of scripture and then we're going to get right into this message. Don't worry, I will pick up part two next week. I'm not going to give it all to you today. 
So I don't want any of you not to get lunch today. I've already been instructed by some that they may have to slip out early. I told them, well, that'll be my cue that it's time for lunch. I'll go with you. I'll just, I see you leave, I'm leaving. Oh, it's lunchtime. It's like the dinner bell. So, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. You can, someone ask you to stand for the reading of God's word today. And then we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 23 in a moment. We have quoted this scripture so many times that you'll be like, Lord, Pastor, I've been in church 45 years. I've heard 7,826 messages on this passage of scripture. Well, good. Let me just give you one more today. And I guarantee you none of them will be like me because I am really weird. I do some crazy things. None of them will be exactly like mine, I promise you. If they are, God made a mistake because I know he didn't mean to make two of us. I know he didn't punish the world like that. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Can I tell you before I read the rest of this? Fear is of the devil, not of God. The reason this new sermon series is called Scare Tactics is because whether you look at it through the government, whether you look at it through the church world, whatever the devil can use, he'll use anybody, any means, any mechanism necessary to instill fear in the body of Christ to try to keep you from being coming together and joining yourselves together and worshiping together and singing together. He wants everything he can to do make you scared to death of what's going to happen next in your life. But that's not of God. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, dunamis power, power to overcome, dynamite power, destructive power love you can have faith you can have hope you can have joy you can have peace but the greatest of all things you can have in your life is love first Corinthians 13 says of all the things I could achieve the greatest of all things is love love breaks down strongholds loves love removes obstacles love is the most powerful force we can use to break down the kingdom of darkness and of a sound mind means let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to learn to think right. You can't make right decisions if your head, head is foggy. When you're doped up on medicine and you're not thinking clearly, that's why they say please do not drive when you've um, got all this medicine on because you're not thinking properly. You might fall asleep. Your, your, your uh, motor reflexes may be slower than normal in your reaction time because you can't really make good decisions, rash decisions when your mind is cloudy and foggy. It's the same way spiritually. If you don't have a sound mind and you let the devil pollute and junk up and, and make sure your mind is foggy and cloudy, then spiritually speaking, you are of no good because you're not going to know what to do because the devil is going to mess up your mind. Hello? There's been thousands of books written on basically the mind and training your mind, the battlefield of the mind, conforming your mind, making sure you think right, live right. Even secular writers in the business world talk about the power of your mind, how to use your mind to be successful and to, to uh, build up your company. So I want to ask you a question. I don't expect you to answer this question because I don't want you to be embarrassed by the answer of this question. But I feel like the Lord has given me a question that needs to be answered by the body of Christ. Not just this body, but universally. So if you're watching online, this question applies to you. I have one question. Are you a fear finder or are you a faith finder? Anybody can find fear. It just automatically shows up. Not everybody knows how to fight the fight of faith. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. 
and I have kept my fear. My fear? Oh, so faith has to fight sometimes fear. So are we going to be a people of God that's going to always be finding fear? Or are we going to fight it back with faith? Are you a fear finder or a faith fighter? Father, I pray you would bless the reading of your word today. Let everything that is said and done be to the glory and honor of you. In Christ's holy and precious name I pray. Jesus our Lord we pray. All God's people together sit. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I better say that fast because I only have three minutes before it's the afternoon. So I better get it in while I can. Fear. There's songs out right now that says things like fear is a liar. and My fear doesn't stand a chance. When I stand in your love. The devil is the mastermind of creating fear. He's amazing at it. In fact, the devil can make things that aren't even real seem real. In fact, I've heard it often said that fear simply is this, false evidence appearing real. I want to talk to you just for a second uh, and lay the groundwork, and, and I, I won't, we'll pick up part two next week, but I, I want to lay the groundwork of this message by a couple things. I first want to just give you some information about fear to understand what it is we're talking about. According to Merriam-Webster, Fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain. Whether the threat is real or imagined. Notice what even the secular writers say. Not the Bible. I mean people that just are writing the dictionary. Says that fear is a distressing emotion aroused whether it's real or it's imagined. It doesn't even have to be real for you to be afraid. A lot of times the devil ain't really worried about the real. He's just worried about making sure you think it's real. The old adage is, is his bark is a whole lot bigger than his bite. I'm not saying the devil's not powerful. Don't miss what I'm saying. But the Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So the devil can bark all he wants to. But if God be for me, who's going to be against me? So he can bark all day long. But I've got a higher power working in my favor. It is a specific instance of or a propensity of such feelings. It is concern, anxiety, or solicitude. Rosa Parks, the civil rights activist, said this. I have learned over the years that when one's mind, remember what I talked about the mind, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, God said I give you his power, love, and of a sound mind. She said, when one's mind is made up, this will diminish fear. Knowing what must be done always does away with fear. She said, I learned when I think right, it'll minimize my fears because I'll know what to do to combat my fear. An old Swedish proverb says this, fear gives small things big shadows. I saw a meme one time of a cat sitting, but the way the light hit it, it made a larger cat shadow on the wall. And it was terrified of its own shadow. That is why on this graphic here, you can see he, he's got a shadow. See, the devil sometimes like the shadow man. He's elusive. You don't always see which angle he's coming from, and you don't always know which direction he's going to sucker punch you, and you don't always see him, but he's always lurking to be opportunistic to take you out. The 
The Japanese proverb said this. Fear is only as deep as your mind allows it to go. Wow. William Gurnall, a famous English author, said this. I think he had the best quote of all. We fear man so much more because we fear God so little. Listen to what I just said. Hundreds of years ago, William Gurnall, long before 2021 ever came into existence, long before we even knew what COVID pandemics and all this mess we're living in, and long before that, he said, we fear man a whole lot more because we fear God very little. The problem with where we are today is there's a lot of people that have lost their reverence and fear for God. They're more afraid of what man then can do to them than what God can do to them. The psalmist said this, why should I be afraid of the terror by night? Because basically, why am I worried about things that are outside of my control? We have to understand, if God is for us, who can be against us? There are too many people more worried about what's going to happen in Washington, what's going to happen in a church, what's going to happen behind a pulpit, what's going to happen in a Sunday school class or somewhere else, or what's going to happen on a job, or what's going to happen with a vaccine, or what's going to happen. But I'm telling you, all that stuff may or may not work itself out the way you want it to, but there's too many people putting their trust in man and man will fail you there are too many people afraid of what man can do but I'm telling you we better put our face back in God's book and we better be more concerned about what God can do don't be afraid of what man can do because man can only kill the body but be afraid of the one that can not only destroy the body but the soul we better make sure we have a reverent fear for God for God but we don't the enemy attempts to paint beautiful pictures for us. He uses fear of situations to manipulate us into feeling hopeless and abandoned. The Apostle Paul, though, tells young Timothy in this passage, God didn't call you to be afraid of what they could do to you, Timothy. God called you to stand up. This is the same Paul that told Timothy, Timothy, I believe in you because I know what your grandmother and your mother put in you, son. You better stir up the gift that's inside of you because there's good in you and you better use it. I don't care what the way, I don't care what's going on around you. At the church, you're pastoring, Timothy. You better remember what your mama and your grandmama and they deposited in you and you better stir up the gift. I come by to remind somebody this morning, some of you under the sound of my voice had praying mamas and some of you had praying grandmas and some of you had spiritual mamas and spiritual grandmamas and grandfathers and fathers and the Lord I come by to remind somebody today you don't need to worry about what Joe Biden's going to do you don't need to know or worry about what Nancy Pelosi's going to do you don't even need to worry about what Donald Trump's going to do what you need to be worried about is stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost inside of you and stir up the gift with inside of you and start decreeing and declaring and speaking in the name of Jesus we sang it this morning I just want to speak the name of Jesus Donald Trump won't put your marriage back together Joe Biden will not fix this economy but I'm telling you you speak Jesus your marriage will come back into subjection you speak Jesus you'll start seeing finances work themselves out you speak Jesus healing will come to your body you better learn how to speak the name of Jesus that's the only name you need Jesus you see the problem with the world today is we've got too many people trying to make a name for themselves when they don't realize that there is a name that is above every other name 
And at that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Jesus Christ, the Lord. The old song says, there is a name I love to hear. And I love to sing of its worth. It sounds like music in my ears. It's the sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love Jesus, because that is the name. See, you don't have to know my name. You can, go, you can lay down on your bed of affliction all day long and say, well, oh, Jonathan, help me. Jonathan, save me. Jonathan, heal me. You know what's going to happen? You're going to die, because ain't nothing going to happen. Because you're going to lay right there, and whether you take ibuprofen or you take Tylenol or you just speak the name of Jonathan all day long, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to die. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I'm, a, I'm not a prophet, but I'm going to prophesy. You will die. That's what will happen. But I can tell you that whether you can get off of a couch, whether you can get off of a bed of affliction, whether it's COVID, whether it's migraines, whether it's you got gastritis issues, or whether you just got gout or you got whatever, I can tell you right now, you might have depression. You might have oppression. But I come by to tell somebody, even when you feel like your head can't come off the pillow you may not can pick up a cell phone and call the pastor but my God if you can only get a whisper out there's only one word you need to know how to say you don't need to say any other name but Jesus I'm telling you you just start speaking Jesus it'll change the atmosphere in the room angels will start to quiet down heaven will settle down God's ears will perk up and Jesus will say that's a name I recognize that's my name and at the name of Jesus God's going to come down and glory will fill the room you got to know how to speak the name. Well, there's a story in the Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 23. A guy by the name of Benaiah. Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man, Kebzeel, who had done many acts. He had slew two lion-like men of Moab. And he went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. He slew an Egyptian, a godly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. He took the spear, and when he went down with him with the staff, he took the spear out of the man's hand. Now, that's pretty good. Guy's got a spear coming at you, and you somehow can take it from him before he gets you with it. And he slew him with the guy's own spear. I preached a message about a year or so ago about David and Goliath. I preached about how David hit him with the rock, but actually that ain't what killed him. Goliath's own sword is what killed him. David took the, the sword. And I, I, re, I titled the message just like this. And some of you might have been here when I preached this message. We still have an old enemy bearing a new sword. Same enemy. Same accuser. The devil is the same one. He's just using new tactics. But I come by to tell somebody you can take the ta tactics of the enemy and you can use that against the enemy because the Bible said what the enemy meant for evil. God will turn it for good. And you can take the same thing he's trying to kill you with and turn it around on him and destroy him with his own weapon of mass destruction. He killed him with his own spear. And these are the things that Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, he had a name among the three mighty men. He was more honorable than the 30 of David's mighty men, but he did not attain to the first three. David set him up over his bodyguard. So who is this Benaiah character? Benaiah was not only one of David's mighty men, he was the commander of the third rotational army division of David. There were three men that were the top guys in David's mighty men. But number four was Benaiah. He's in the top five. Number four. He was the son of Jehoiada. He was from the southern area of Judea in a city called Kebzeel. Before David became king, Benaiah made a name for himself through various, various numerous daring military achievements. He was a fearless warrior, noted for heroic exploits. 
a brilliant fighter. When David had fled from Saul, he placed Benaiah in command of 30 of the top military men that David possessed in his band of vagabonds. These select group of warriors, second only to the top three in David's rank and bravery. Later, Joab was made commander-in-chief, but Benaiah was appointed to a high place in David's armed forces as commander of the Cherethites and the Pelethites. They were an elite mercenary company in David's bodyguard from Crete to Philistia. Benaiah's loyalty to David is unmatched. He earned him the rank of third in the army with about 24,000 men eventually under his rule. This troop served as a rotational system created by David, and Benaiah made devoted to David during Absalom's rebellion. He stood by the king through it all. He also, when Adonijah tried to take over, he thwarted that plan for David. Benaiah was instrumental in safeguarding the passing of the royal succession to Solomon after David's death, and he gained the honor of assisting Solomon's coronation celebration. As Solomon's supreme army commander and chief bodyguard, Benaiah was responsible for executing those who opposed the new king, including Adonijah, Joab, and Shimei. His name alone carries weight and meaning. Now, I, I'm, we're going to talk over the next couple Sundays about Benaiah, but, but I, and I'm going to quickly go through this for a moment, and then we'll pick up the rest next week. But Benaiah's name says it all. See, I told you a long time ago that, that names were not just flippantly given in the Bible. You just didn't wake up one day and think, oh, I think I'm going to just call her Daisy. That's just what I want to call her. No, they, they didn't do that. They thought about it. Some of it was family heritage and lineage. But sometimes they, they named them because it was a, a sign of speaking over their life, a blessing, speaking over them. That is why Jacob, when Benjamin was born, his mother was in travail. Rachel was about to die, and she said, you name him Benoni, the son of my sorrow. And right before she died, she passed away. And before the nurse could even finish filling out the, the birth certificate, Jacob walked in as the father figure, the patriarch of the family. He said, we're not letting this son live the rest of his life with the name son of sorrow. But we're going to let him be Benjamin, the son of my right hand, my strong hand, because he did not want his son to live a name that he never was intended to be called by. God doesn't want us to live lives that we never were intended to be called to live by and the standards the devil puts on us. God wants us to be more than overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. But too many people are stuck under the thumb of the enemy that they never were intended to be under. Remember I told you that Benaiah was a Loyal man to David and to Solomon. Here's what his name means. The Lord who builds. The Lord who builds. What a wonderful name. The guy that's the commander of your armies. The guy that's the loyal. You're, you're one of your most faithful supporters. Your armor bearer of sorts. His name means I am the Lord who builds. One of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called Field of Dreams. I'm a big sports fanatic. I make no bones about that. Kevin Costner is standing there looking in a cornfield out in Iowa. There's a baseball field out there. He meets a couple ghost-like figures, if you will, who play baseball in this field. Shoeless Joe Jackson, just to name a few. And he meets one of them, and the 
critical line of this story is one phrase, one, one line. If you build it, they will come. The Bible already tells us that story. The Bible says those that labor for the Lord. If the Lord's not involved in it, they that labor, labor in vain. It says it like this. The Lord builds the house. The Lord is the builder. The Lord is the sustainer. And if the Lord be not the builder of the house, those that labor, labor in vain. If we try to do it on our own, it's going to fail. The man tried to build on the sand, his house sunk. The man who built it on the rock, representing Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. The man who built on the rock, when all hell came against it, the hurricane came through, the hurricane force winds, the storms, the flood, the storm surge, the house still survived. It didn't say the house didn't get beat up like the other one. It might have took a licking, but it didn't, it didn't crash. It still was standing. I remember the lady from McClellanville, South Carolina, when Hurricane Hugo came through. Didn't have a tooth in her head. I don't know if it got blown away in Hurricane Hugo or not, but her teeth were missing. And of all the people that Live 5 News could have interviewed, I, I just want to know, I just want, I, if I ever meet Harv Jacobs personally, we got to be bone to pick with each other. Because he made South Carolina look like idiots. Of all the people he could interview about Hurricane Hugo going through McClellanville, he had to pick someone who spoke Gullah. That's hard enough to understand with teeth, much less without teeth. And this is her phrase. I can't tell you much about the Hugo. All I know is I laid in my bed. That storm came through and then licky, licky, licky off one side of the house and licky, licky, licky on the other side of the house and all of a sudden licky everywhere. That's exactly what she said for Hurricane Hugo. I don't know what happens, but I'm going to tell you sometimes in life the devil might let it licky, licky, licky all over your house. But if your house is not on Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, I don't care how much he lets it licky, licky, it's going to fall and you're going to crumble and everything around you is going to crumble. But if you build it on Jesus Christ, my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but on Christ, the solid rock. If you build it on Jesus, it doesn't matter how strong the winds blow. It doesn't matter how high the waves come across the barrier. It doesn't matter if the greatest storm surge of life ever comes against you. If Jesus Christ is the builder of the house, those that labor would labor in vain. But if he builds the house, it'll stand the test of time it'll stand well Miss Carol make your way they're getting hungry I can see it I can tell here's what I know we'll get to the main points next week I'll go ahead and give you the first one so you can just know it I'm not going to preach on it fear will frustrate you Faith will illuminate the pathway you're supposed to take. So here's what I've learned. You know, being that I'm some grizzled old veteran up here at the old age of 33. Some of y'all have teeth older than me. Think about that for a moment. Some of y'all may have even not, some of y'all have maybe even been missing teeth longer than I've been alive. Hello? Some of y'all felt that in your spirit right now. Some of y'all were hoping poly grip was still holding on. You were hoping it was like Jesus. It would hold on and not turn loose. The devil doesn't play for fun. He plays for keeps. For keeps. 
devil doesn't want you in church today because he doesn't want you to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord because he doesn't want you to be encouraged. That's why the Bible said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves as in the manner of some, but come together in exhortation because when you're together, we're stronger together. But I told you earlier, when I'm all alone, that's when the devil likes to isolate me and mess up with my brain. We're better together than we are apart. I'm not here to preach church attendance. You already know how I feel about that. I've said enough about that. I'll pick that part of the series up in 2022. I'll give you a couple more months off for that. The devil's not here to make friends with you either. He wants to destroy everything you have. He wants to take your children, your grandchildren, and everybody else he can with him to hell as fast as he can get them there. He wants to. Do, he don't want to be your friend. He wants to be your destruction. He wants to be the author and perfecter of your destruction. Jesus said he's the author and perfecter of my faith. My faith, not my fear, my faith. The, the writer of Hebrews says this. For all you ladies that make your own coffee, you're not biblical. Your husband should be making it because the Bible said Hebrews, just in case anybody wanted to know. So you tell him he's got to do better about that. But the writer of Hebrews says this. Now faith, not fear, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says, when my time has come, there will be laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me. But not only unto me, but all those who love his glorious appearing. See, right now, you could go home right now and turn on any TV station right now. I don't care what your favorite news outlet is. You could go, and if you watch it long enough, the devil can start to make you feel afraid of something. I mean, I'm sure people like Sister Sherry others whose parents are in nursing homes and comfort cares. I'm sure there are times that the devil would like to put in their mind, you know she's not going to get better. She's going to die. You can't even hardly go in there but just for a few hours a day. What if she dies all alone? What if nobody's there when she dies? See, what the devil wants to do is he wants to make her think and be afraid and fearful. What the devil doesn't always take into account is that God never leaves us alone. So even if I'm not in the room when it happens, God was in the room because He was the one that took her by the hand so she didn't go alone because He's the one that grabbed her hand and took her to Jordan on the swell, across Jordan's swelling tide. She never was actually alone. That's why the Bible, you say, well, Pastor, what if they're not saved? They're still not alone. They may not go to heaven, but the Bible said God is married to the backslider. That means He still even loves the ones that don't even want Him. He loves them anyway. I got a sermon. I've never preached it here before. But I have a sermon that I preach when God and Gomer walk out. And I preach it out of Hosea. The prophet of God's told to go marry a prostitute, a harlot. That's a really good way. That's who you want to be, your first lady of your church, isn't it? The lady of the night. That's a great, great. Who's your pastor's wife? Oh, you know, so, you know Sadie that you know, runs the red light district? Yeah, she's our pastor's wife. It's not exactly what people sign up to go to church for. But Hosea obeys God. It gets so bad, she leaves him and goes back to her old lifestyle again. And God says, yeah, you know, that kind of stinks, but I'm going to need you to go back and buy her off the auction block and pick her. And if I was God, if I was Hosea, I'd been like, okay, God, it was one thing to have to marry her to start with, but now you're going to ask me to do this again. What is wrong with you, God? We'd had a longer discussion than Hosea had with God. 
But I bet you in his mind there were some questions he had. Are you kidding? Marry a, a prostitute? Then go and tarnish my reputation and then bring her back again to ruin it even more? See, because God is not so concerned about what men thinks about you. He's more concerned about what heaven thinks about you. Too many people are concerned about what man thinks about them rather than what God thinks about them. I said to you a couple weeks ago, and I mean it. I'm not here to make friends. I don't have very lot. I don't have a lot of them, probably for good reason. But I'm not here to make friends. I've often said, and it's the truth. I will not give you my opinion unless you ask. But you better know what you just asked, because if you ask, I'm going to ask you. Are you sure you want me to tell you? <laughs> and if you say yes, game on. I try to say it in love, but sometimes love is brutal <laughs> and stuff. I come by to tell somebody this morning, the news will make you feel like you've got no hope. The government will make you think you have no hope. Right now, I want to take the next 30 seconds, and I just want to bust everybody's bubble that's in here, because, you know, I'm like the little guy that sees all the kids happy with the balloons at the fair, and I just want to go by and pop all of them and just see the reaction. Pop, 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 pop. So I'm going to just do that. I'm going to spiritually pop all your bubbles today, so y'all can leave here and be mad at me and that I popped your bubble. There's a lot of people going to churches. That the church is not helping them be less afraid either. Some churches are actually making them more afraid than even the government. And another because their pastors and their leaderships making them even be more afraid than what's going on. Instead of offering an alternative, being the men and women of faith and telling them to come to an altar and seek the faith. What they're doing is they're actually not only crippling those people's faith, but they're promoting the agenda of fear. Hello. But that's not what God said to be. Do not have the spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind. Now, we all know that my mind is not that sound, so we need you to have one. One of us in this building's got to have one. I can just tell you we all need sound mind. Somebody's got to step up to the plate and have it because I'm not the best candidate to probably do that, right? But all joking aside, here's the bottom line. This world's not getting better. In fact, I, I'm afraid it may even get worse than this. But God's better than this. God's bigger than this. And I can, I can find fear. Just I can come to church and find fear. I can sit in Sunday school class and find something to be afraid of. I can see one roach run across the floor and be scared to death and jump on the back of a pew and, and then call the pastor and be like, you better call the exterminator like we could help one roach. I mean, we, we sprayed the whole building, one roach. I mean, we live in South Carolina. It rains. That happens. But I can jump on the back or a lizard, see a lizard and freak out. I, I can find fear. I've seen people jump with their own shadows in the dark. Walk by, walk by street lights, see a shadow and they jump. It was themselves. I almost prescribed them antipsychotic drugs right there on the spot as a counselor. I'd be like, you need this. Something's wrong with you. But I didn't. So they, anybody can find fear. But I hate to say this, but I don't believe there's a lot of people fighting back in faith. Because there's a lot of people that went to church prior to this pandemic. Were part of communities of faith. Now I understand if you have to stay out for certain reasons. I don't misunderstand me. 
there's a lot of people that have used this global pandemic as an excuse not to come back to God's house. They've just allowed that to be the straw that broke the camel's back. You know why? Because they're people of fear, not people of faith. How, how can you, how do you have the audacity to say that, Pastor? Well, it's funny. They still go to work. Obviously, they're not afraid of work. Well, some people are. Don't get me wrong. Some people are scared that if a job hit them on the side of the, if a job walked into their house and gave, and actually sat down and said, I, hi, I'm a job. They would be like, whoa, 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 I don't, get out of my house. That's scary. Some people would be afraid of that. But, but most people, they'll get up and go to work. Flower Town Festival was in Somerville. There's a lot of people out there. Ain't nobody afraid walking around outside eating off of a food truck and some vendor they've never met slaying in the back with them. You know, you don't know how much germs is in that thing, but it tasted good on your, you know, food truck experience. 92,000 people fill stadiums to watch people kick skins, uh, pigskin around. 92,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs, eating and drinking and celebrating, having the time of their life. Don't even know who Joe is on one side and Janet is on the other side. Never met him day in life. They could literally be the original COVID giver. We don't know. But we're just all going to just scream and holler here side by side. Yelling about a pigskin. But when you say church, when you say prayer meeting, Say Bible study, Sunday, you say any of those words, it's like, oh, pastor. You know, I, I gotta, I just gotta be careful. Here's my surmise of the day. If you can't come to church, you better have like really good prayer music, Miss Carol, because after I say this, I gotta pray and run fast. Just gonna go ahead and say that. I gotta get out of here quickly. But here's my moment with you today. If you're too afraid of what could happen coming to church, hear this pastor carefully. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you the truth. If you're afraid of coming to church, you're afraid of what church might do, or you're afraid of being with the body of Christ, then you need to quit your job. Because you're more at risk there, because you're there five days instead of one day. You're more of a risk there. So you need to quit your job. Pastor, i got to provide for my family. Well, you better provide a spiritual inheritance for your family because one day they're not going to need a job, but they better know how to make it to heaven because you can't pay your way out of hell. <laughs> Hello. If you say, well, Pastor, I, I can't go to church or I can't do this, I can't, th then you better not go out to eat. I better not see you at a restaurant. I better not. I'll walk up straight to your table right in the middle of Cracker Barrel and be like, well, I'm so glad God came to Cracker Barrel to meet with you tonight. Because he didn't see you Sunday, so I'm glad he came for uh, chicken and dumplings on Monday night at Cracker Barrel. If you're afraid of church, the house of the Lord, then you better lock yourself in your house and not come out. But if you're going to go out to eat, go to restaurants, go to ball games, go to tournaments, go to whatever, and say, well, I can't come to church, uh, your priorities is messed up. That's not, that's not, you're, you're letting, you're fearing man, not God. You're, you got it backwards. You better be people of faith and fight back with faith than fear. That's a good stopping point because I want to still be able to maybe come back and finish part two next week before I make you any more mad than I've already done. So would you stand all over the house this morning? We do have Sunday night service tonight, regular service. Love to have you back. Don't be afraid. We do have hand sanitizer.
We mask you. We have masks. You want them? We even, we even scan you. We're better than Walmart. At least when we scan you, we let we know if you're actually in the store or not. You scan something at Walmart, they say they got it in stock, but it's not there. <laughs> and we're not even an expensive church. If you cost more than a dollar, we don't keep you. We send you home. You have to be 99 cents or less. See, we're 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 not hard. We're not demanding here. Here's my challenge to you, and we'll pick up the rest of this, but here's my challenge to you for this week. You can watch anything you want to on television. You can read anything you want to in a newspaper or an online database journal, article, whatever. But you better learn quickly. You better learn quickly to stop fearing man, and you better remember who you are to fear, and that is you better have a holy reverent fear for God, not man. You better stop being afraid of what man can do, and you better start fighting the fight of faith. For I have fought a good fight, and I have kept the faith. You better learn how to fight with faith. Hello? So I want to pray for you today. I'm not going to call you out make you come up here and embarrass you. But in a crowd this size, I guarantee there's at least one person in here that has something they're afraid of. Bet you. If not, I can go get all the kids out of children's church because some of them are afraid of the dark, so at least somebody's afraid of something. We're all honest. We all got some things in our lives that we're afraid of. We're worried about. We're concerned about. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. My God's never failed me yet. The songwriter said, I've got confidence. God will see me through. No matter what comes my way, I have confidence. And that's my prayer for you today. God, instill confidence in them no matter what comes their way. Let them have confidence that you'll see them through it all. You'll see them through. Heavenly Father, I have done the very best of my ability to preach your unadulterated word of God. I'm nothing special. I'm just merely a man. God, I pray that you would have let something that is said or done in this message today encourage the heart and life of a believer. God, I'm asking today that when we leave this place to go to and fro our destination, God, we would be men and women of faith, not women and men and women of fear. Fear cripples. Faith empowers. Fear tries to captivate and capture, but faith liberates and sets free. Let us not live in fear, but let us walk in faith. Lord, may you bless us and keep us, and your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance upon us and give us the peace of God. Surpasses all human understanding and guard our hearts until you come again. In Christ's name we pray. Let us say our prayer, our church benediction and proclamation together and immediately following. We're going to have Brother Randy Erchberger pray our benedictory prayer. Let's say it together, Psalms 19 and verse 14. May the words, my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That is my prayer for you this week. Let everything that you speak, let it be acceptable unto the Lord and be men and women of faith, not men and women of fear. Those joining online, God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. Brother Randy, would you pray our benedictory prayer immediately following that? Consider yourselves dismissed. God bless you.